Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. Growing up, I knew my dad was adopted, but for reasons of his own, he had never attempted to find his birth parents. Then, in early 2018, my sister had her DNA tested through Ancestry.com, and she got a second or third cousin match with a woman named Monica. Calls and emails ensued. Was your father born in the early 1940s? Yes. Was your father born in Burbank or Glendale, California? Yes. These are some of our family photos. Do they resemble your father? Yes. Turns out, Monica's Aunt Lorene had been looking for the child of her brother, Vansel, who had been given up for adoption by her friend, Francis. Francis and Vansel both of whom who were by that time deceased, my father's birth parents. Turns out, Lorene is my great aunt on my father's side. In the summer of 2018, we went to Primrose, Oklahoma, where Lorene lives, to visit with her. My dad didn't make the trip for health reasons. He went home to the Lord in August of 2019. During our visit, we learned more about my dad's birth parents. Vansel and Francis were dating in their home state of Oklahoma. Vansel was drafted to go and fight in World War II. Francis was pregnant. She went out to Southern California, gave birth to my dad, and gave him up for adoption. It seems sometime later she tried to get him back, but was unsuccessful because of the closed adoption laws at the time. Vansel came home from the war and never married. Francis came home to Oklahoma and started a family whom, it seems, she never told about my dad. During our visit, Lorene's daughter Kathy stopped by. And as we were all talking about the circumstances of my dad's birth, Kathy said quietly of Francis, my dad's birth mother, it must have been difficult being an unmarried pregnant woman in that time and place. And I wondered how my dad's life, my family's life, my life might have been different. I wondered about the head-spinning convergence of circumstances that make us who we are. I wondered what it would be like to live in a world where every woman, every child, every man, every human being felt valued and accepted and loved. A vision offered by Jesus in our gospel reading for today. Jesus has this dialogue with the Pharisees well into his public ministry. 
in which he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, demonstrating God's powerful healing love in his words and actions, teaching about life in the kingdom of God, healing the sick, feeding thousands, freeing people from demonic forces, forgiving sins, calming a storm at sea, gathering disciples to follow him. And while this has brought an incredible amount of good into the lives of people in need, it has also brought Jesus into conflict with religious authorities who were threatened by his demonstration of God's powerful healing love. And so some of them come to test Jesus. They ask him a legal question because, it seems, they assume Jesus will contradict the law and then they want to accuse him of doing so. They ask, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? The short answer is yes. According to the law of Moses, the instructions that Moses gave to the people before they entered the promised land, specifically Deuteronomy 24, which states that a man may write a certificate of dismissal and divorce his wife. That Greek word for certificate of dismissal, apostasu, indicates in the sense of relinquishing property after a sale. In the patriarchal culture of the time, women were often treated like property. They belonged to their husband or father or brother. They didn't have individual rights or social status. And so marriage and divorce could be understood and practiced as a legal transaction. In addition, the law of Moses stated that a man could divorce his wife if he found something objectionable about her. And there was a great deal of rabbinic debate about what it meant by objectionable. Some argued that the only objectionable thing would be adultery. Others argued it could be anything at all, that a man could divorce his wife for any reason. And in a time and place when women generally had no independent means of income, divorce and the subsequent lack of male financial and social support could have devastating consequences. It's why both Old and New Testaments consistently call on the people of God to care for widows and orphans. Jesus calls out the Pharisees for arguing over the letter of the law, but disregarding its spirit, debating the details and missing the point, neglecting the weightier manners, matters of justice and mercy and faith. Jesus says, because of your hardness of heart, Moses wrote this commandment for you. This law was given to people set in their moral failure because of their unwillingness to change 
This law was not a guideline for acceptable behavior. It was intended to rein in bad behavior. Perhaps because men were divorcing and discarding their wives for no reason at all, Moses established a process in which they had to give at least some reason. Jesus indicates that even this law of Moses did not fulfill God's highest purpose and intention in creation. And so Jesus continues, quoting from Genesis 1 and 2. God, our creator, made us, each and every one of us, in God's image and likeness, in beauty and goodness, crowned with glory and honor, a little less than divine, given stewardship over all of God's wondrous creation. As David writes in Psalm 8, we are made to do God's good work together in community. We are made to be creative and caring. We are made to tend to the works of God's hands. We are made for relationship from the overflowing love of the God who is a divine relationship of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, three persons who love each other fully and forever. We are made to love God and each other in equal and mutual dignity and purpose and worth. Think of the people you love most in this world. That's a taste of how God feels about you. And so, as Jesus affirms, divorce is not a legal transaction in which women can be treated as property, nor is marriage. Marriage is a commitment of two people joining together in mutual support and respect and love to build a life together, build a community together, build a family together. Marriage is sacred. It is a gift of God. It is for life. But sometimes, that's not how it works out. Sometimes, the marriage can become so deeply damaged and damaging that divorce is preferable to continuing in the toxicity of a broken relationship. I can't imagine how difficult those circumstances would be. But I do know that all of us rest in the forgiveness and grace of God And we can move forward in all of our relationships in the freedom and joy and peace that comes from the Lord. I do know that we are all valued, accepted, beloved children of God. Whether we are married or divorced, single like myself or widowed, women, and men, and children. 
Immediately after, Jesus affirms the dignity of women in the marriage relationship. Jesus affirms the dignity of children in the family relationship. In the patriarchal culture of the time, children had no individual rights or social standing. They had very few protections against those who would mistreat them. They were one of the most vulnerable members of the society. And they were certainly not to be brought to a rabbi in public while he was teaching, while the grown-ups were talking. And so the disciples speak sternly to those who are bringing little children to Jesus so he can lay his hands on them, perhaps to heal them, as he had healed so many others. Once again, Jesus corrects his disciples, as he had after they were arguing about who's the greatest. And Jesus welcomes the children with open arms. He holds them, he blesses them. And he says that we are to enter the kingdom of God as little children. Little children are dependent, curious, constantly growing, open to wonder, trusting. My seven-year-old nephew, Robert, loves the water. He was four when we took our trip to Primrose, Oklahoma to meet Lorene. And most nights during that trip, he and I and his parents would go to the hotel pool. And Robert, who was learning to swim at the time, would launch himself out between the three of us, swinging his arms and legs, trusting that we would scoop him up and hold him tight and help him launch out once again, which, of course, we did. It seems to me this is an example of the faith that Jesus affirms here. Launching out into the world, doing the best we can, trusting that the one who loves us always and forever will scoop us up in his arms and hold us tight and help us launch out once again, which, of course, he does. Which he did, joining with us in our humanity, in the person of Jesus Christ, who lived a life of grace and truth, who taught us and showed us how to love, who suffered and died on the cross and on the third day rose again to life, forgiving our sins, freeing us from death forever, giving us life that does not end, demonstrating God's powerful healing love for all his children. During our visit with my great aunt Lorene, she showed us a picture of herself when she was younger. And in the frame, there was tucked in the corner a slip of paper with a quote from William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania and an early Quaker. And Lorene said that she tries to live her life by this quote. It read, I expect to pass through life but once. If, therefore, there be any kindness I can show, 
any good thing I can do to any fellow being. Let me do it now and not deter or neglect as I shall not pass this way again. May we do the same. May we share the love of our good and greatest gracious creator. May we stand up and speak up as Jesus did for those whom our society would dismiss or neglect. May we remember that every single person we encounter is a valued, accepted, beloved child of God. Amen. Thanks for listening. We're doing this every week, so make sure to subscribe. If you'd like more information about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.